The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome to our number two weekend fantasy update sports today. <laughs> Uh, Joe Galina, along with the Fantasy Taz, uh, Jim Day, George Kurtz along with us. Uh, week 19 in the NFL, divisional playoffs in the NFL. So I've got an issue, guys, because uh, I'm looking forward to these games today, of course. we got uh, the, uh, I believe it's a 440 start uh, in the Annapolis at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, a five-point favorite. This is supposedly uh, going to be the highest-scoring uh, game uh, over under 57 in this game. And then tonight at 8:15, we've got uh, George's Cowboys. I know he likes it when I say that. When they'll be uh, playing in LA, they're a seven and a half-point dog to the Rams. Unfortunately, my son is touching down. He's he's coming in from uh, from Vegas, and uh, I'm picking him up at the airport from eight at eight o'clock. So I'll be missing part of that game. So oh, he's flying know, flying from Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I should tell him, uh, you know, just get an Uber home. I bet his arms would be tired. <laughs> uh, no matter how many times I hear that joke, it just makes me chuckle. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, not too many uh, injuries, really, to you know, to to worry about, I guess. But there's like underlying kind of injuries in, in today's games, right? I mean, we'll break down each game, but uh, a couple of the names, I guess, that we're concerned about. Uh, and they're all expected to play Melvin well, Gordon. Can I can I just give you an update that just came across Twitter? From Absolutely. Adam Schefter? Yeah. Adam, yeah. Adam Schefter is is saying uh, Spencer Ware will work out pregame to see if he can play with the ham- mm-hmm. hamstring injury. Um, he's mm-hmm. listed as questionable now, but there's doubt that he will play or that Eric safety Eric Berry will play. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. like Barry's played much this season anyway, but they were kind of yeah, open to have yeah. him back this week. Uh, but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem good right now for Ware or Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's bad with, with Ware, but uh, Williams is, Damian Williams has been filling in just fine, right? So oh, uh, <laughs> He's my favorite DFS player of the week at his cost on both mm-hmm. FanDuel and DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have a, a DFS lineup that you'd like to share, feel free to do so. But uh, I was going to just mention Melvin Gordon. How do you feel? I mean, we're going to break down each game, but uh, how, how do you feel about Melvin Gordon today in terms of – I think he's going to be – possibility he might be playing with a brace on each uh, knee or leg. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of fading <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Look, we know what he can do when he's healthy, but yeah. he hasn't been healthy for a while. And like you said, there's a chance he's playing with braces. And, uh, you know, I, I just I, I don't I don't love it. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to take that chance. I mean, if you want to be contrarian, he's going to be contrarian because I don't think he's going to be highly owned this week. Yeah, I'd much rather put a, an Austin Eckler in my uh, my lineup, uh, you know, take a shot on him. Yeah, well, the problem is if Gordon gets out there and he starts off well and he's playing well and he's not feeling any detriment, he's going to be a full go. And then all you get is a backup numbers out of Eckler. So, you know, I mean, at his at his cost, it's not a bad deal, but it's not a great deal either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, even last week, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon toughed it out, and you know, I I think he missed a, a few series, right? He had to come out of the game and yeah, ended up coming back. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just uh, I guess if you if you're playing a bunch of different DFS lineups, you know, uh, I might throw uh, Eckler in one of them. What do you think, there, oh, George? Oh, sure. I'm not saying don't yeah. don't take a shot on Eckler. I'm just saying mm-hmm. if Gordon, you know, gets oh, yeah. out good and he doesn't have any setbacks, and you know, mm-hmm. you're just going to see the backup role. Down the early part of the season, that backup role for Eckler was good. He was putting up points, you know, getting in the end zone and catching a few passes. If you see that, then you're good to go. I just you know, second half of the season, we didn't see that as consistently. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Justin Jackson was uh, a hot name off the waiver wire for a minute, and then uh, I think he got out-touched last week by Eckler, like 15-2 to two or something like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he really wasn't a backup for Eckler. He was more an early-down backup for Gordon. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't play right. the same role. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it was, you know, a lot of people were expecting that to happen, um, and it just didn't, so. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like I said, we'll uh, be breaking down these games. We got uh, next hour. We're going to have uh, Camp Stewart on with us as well, breaking down the games in terms of uh, from a, uh, a gambling perspective and, and and whatnot. So, got lots more coming up for you. But for now, uh, hey George, talk to us a little bit about this uh, hire that the Broncos uh, did. They hired Vic Fangio as their head coach. Broncos uh, were six and ten last season, I believe. Right, uh, his hire goes against the grain. Right, he's sixty years old. Took uh, basically was a uh, no-name uh, Chicago Bears defense and developed them. Of course, didn't hurt that they traded for Khalil Mack. But uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, Elway, uh, one of the determining factors uh, for this hire was Elway wanted to instill some discipline to his team. Does Does Elway know what he's doing, George? <laughs> Does Elway know what he's doing? Oh, that's a complete different question now, isn't it? Uh, I, mean, uh, I say no. Uh, I'm probably leaning more towards no. But uh, let's, I guess you give him another shot. He wants to get another but GM. But it has nothing to do with this hire. Uh, another GM that sort of gets off the hook there, right? He, uh, I, know he, I know his title is higher than GM. But he gets, uh, you know, you got, let's say you got the coach wrong, right? Because you fired him after two years. You got the quarterback wrong because Case Keenum is really is a very good backup, and more than a Didn't starting he draft, quarterback. Uh, Paxton Lynch too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and listen, Jerry Jones wanted him too, right? Jerry Jones wanted him, and uh, Elway sort of sniped him on getting him. So uh, Dallas escaped a uh, you know dodged the bullet there. As mm. far as Denver's concerned, listen, I don't mind the Fangio. We're all making fun of it because it's just going against the grain. No, everyone's I'm not hiring fun of that coach. I'm, wait, okay, I'm, I'll get my point in, but I'm not making fun of that hire. I I don't like John Elway I, because I don't like him as a talent evaluator. But mm. I, 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 it has nothing to do with this hire, and I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, when I say everyone, I don't mean it literally. <laughs> the figure of speech, boys and girls. All right, but well, uh, 
people are getting on because it's not he's not a Sean McVay guy. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. He's never worked with Mahomes, never worked with uh, Sean McVay, so how is he getting hired? Right. It's right. just uh, a little ridiculous in the NFL, what's going on here. And plus, he's a defensive guy. Plus, he's an older guy. He's not around 40. He's, early, he's 60. All right, so it's just uh, this hire no one would blink at a couple of years back. Five years ago, it's fine. But in this day and age, people are looking at it kind of strange here. I do think it's a, a discipline hire. I also think – I guess I'm a little surprised because if I was hiring somebody from the Denver, the defense is pretty good as it is. Yeah, you need to work on that offense. You might, I, I wonder who that offensive coordinator is going to be now. Right now, it's not Kubiak. I don't know what right. happened there. Where all of a sudden, mm-hmm. that was strange, right? That just came out yesterday. He was going. Because yeah, yeah. originally, that made sense, right? Fans were worried about the defense. Kubiak were worried about the offense. That made sense. And now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that got split up real quick. So it makes you wonder well, exactly what the out, reasoning is there. They found out mm. Kubiak didn't know Sean McVay. <laughs> uh, so, you said you so knew him. You, you the, said you. <laughs> but like, I called the lie and detector and test. <laughs> you wonder what exactly uh, what's going on there as far as why, why they decided that Kubiak wasn't the right man all of a sudden, even though they'd worked together before. So I, I find that strange. Maybe Fangio didn't want to work with them. Maybe Kubiak wanted certain powers he wasn't going to be given. Whatever it might be. Uh, so it's strange there. Listen, I like Fangio. A lot of respect for him. In the end, though, I don't think this is going to work out either. And I don't think it will be on Fangio, by the way. I think this team has personnel problems. You know, I'll say it again. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't really have an NFL team, they don't have one. You know, And if it takes two, three years to find one, if Elway keeps missing on this, I think this is more of a GM than the coaching. If Elway keeps swinging and missing at these quarterbacks, then the coach is going to pay the price because his team's never going to be better than 6-10, and 7-9, and nine, whatever it might be. This year they have the 10th uh, pick in the, uh, the draft. I know it's not a strong quarterback draft, not like last year where we had so many went, but they're probably going to need to trade up to get somebody they really want, and I wonder if they'll do that. They'll be willing to give up the, uh, another, a number one pick from 2020 to move up to get a top five pick because this is a strange draft when you look at it because Arizona has the number one pick. Theoretically, they don't need a quarterback, got Rosen. San Francisco, number two, they got Garoppolo. Jets, number three, they have Donald. You really go down to number four with Oakland. And uh, I know Gruden said he, he believes in Derek Carr. That's a lie. All right. Uh, if he can get an, uh, a quarterback that he likes in the draft, they'll take him at number four. But even they might trade down for more picks because Gruden has shown that he wants as many picks as possible. Tampa Bay at five. Arians, if he does believe in Winston, okay. You know, then maybe you know, that's, that's where you got to get to to get the number one quarterback you want this year. The Giants at six, if you take Gettleman at, at his word, that he, uh, the reason he didn't take a quarterback last year is because he didn't believe in any of them. Well, then maybe he doesn't believe in any of them this year at six either. So maybe oh. they don't take a quarterback at six. It's, it's oh, going to be a please. strange, strange <laughs> draft. I, I'm not saying I believe any of this, but I'm saying that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's going to be a strange draft because I think there are opportunities to trade into those top three picks because, once again, Cardinals, Niners, Jets, we know – we know the Niners and Jets don't, definitely don't need a quarterback at two and three. They believe in Garoppolo and Donald. We can argue about uh, Cardinals and Rosen at uh, three, at uh, number one overall. Even though, once again, I have to believe they gave him another shot. It would just be the, it would be the, the Cardinals of Cardinals thing to do, to take mm. a quarterback number one overall. I got to think mm. uh, maybe they trade out of that if they don't want Bosa, if they don't want the defensive lineman, who I think is going to be the number one pick if it's not a quarterback there. But this is going to be an interesting NFL draft as these top teams in the draft theoretically don't need a quarterback. So there will be opportunities for Elway to move up. But as mm-hmm. I said again, he, he's failed at this over and over again at picking the right guy. <laughs> yes, he has. Yes, he has. Uh, Jim, did you want to talk about Fangio? Yeah, or look, Elway I love, more? Mm-hmm. 
I, 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 well, Elway, I, I think Elway's terrible. Um, mm -hmm. uh, from everything that he's brought to the table, hasn't worked for him yet. Hasn't worked mm -hmm. for this team yet. So I, at this point, it's really hard to have any faith in him. If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm hating the fact he's sitting in that front office. Uh, but I like Fangio. Um, you know, I, I know he's a defensive coach, and it goes against, you know, what all these other teams are trying to do. But, you know, Denver in the past has lived off of having a great defense. And yes. that's what they want to put back on the field. They want to put a great defense back on the field. Well, Fangio's the guy to do it. Uh, he's done mm -hmm. it everywhere he's gone. He's taken, you know, terrible defenses and made him into one of the best in the league like he did with Chicago. Um, so, you know, I, we've seen that from him in the past. Plus, he's a no-nonsense type of guy. And if you're having issues in the locker room and, you know, people not really wanting to be there or being there, he's going to handle all that. So, you know, mm -hmm. that that's what they kind of needed. And, you know, I don't have a problem with that as long as they bring in a good offensive coordinator. Now, Kubiak, you know, eh, okay, maybe he was the guy, maybe he wasn't. You know, this is where I think they go somewhere else. Now, they have been – there's been rumors they've been talking to Mike Munchak, um, mm, you know, yes. the Steelers' former uh, offensive line coach, to possibly come in. They haven't said really what position – but it'd be interesting to see if they bring him in for that uh, offensive coordinator position or not. You know, th there's still a lot happening there. But they'll bring in a good offensive mind, I would believe, to run that offensive side. But I think Vangio, as a you know overall head coach, I don't have a problem with him as an overall head coach. I, again, he brooks no you know BS from players, none none of that. It's my way. You know, do it what I say, and if you don't like it, tough. I don't care. Go cry in the locker room. Uh, it doesn't mm. work for me. Um, so, you know, the guys that want to be on the field will be on the field with him, and that's what I like. So I have no problem with Fangio. I am definitely not an Elway guy. Mm. Hey, George, do you think that the uh, – I know you talked about the draft and all, but do you think that the Broncos have enough of a uh, core, I guess, to build around? And, and core, let's talk what they have. They have uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Cortland Sutton. Uh, obviously, you know, Von Miller and on Sean the defensive Hamilton, side. Tim Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they really haven't uh, you know, I shown. Know I, you know. I don't know if I'm including those guys as a core. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, Sanders. I, am. Ooh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think these uh, these two kids are going to be Tim Patrick. I, I mean, shocked me more than Deshaun Hamilton. I like Deshaun Hamilton. Of course, he's still behind Sanders because he plays the slot role pr predominantly. So he's mm -hmm. behind Sanders for the most part, but he'll get his reps. Once Sanders moves on, I really do like uh, Hamilton to move up. But I like what Tim Patrick did in his limited role. Uh, you know, he, he was a baller out there and I, I'm really interested to see more of him. And I don't think they have any issues with that wide receiver core. I, I would disagree greatly. Uh, I think they have a lot of uh, issues. Right now, Sanders is not even – he's a free agent. So uh, he maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. Plus, coming out with the Achilles, be an interesting market to see what uh, where Sanders goes. To rely on mm. two second-year players, no veteran really, I, they have to bring in somebody. They'll have to bring in somebody there. Well, if Sanders uh, is not ready, I agree there. with that. But if Sanders is ready, I, you know, I don't think it will be as big a, an issue as you're making it out to be. I think I think you're crazy. You're going to go into mm -hmm. it with Patrick and Hamilton and Sanders coming off Achilles? Uh, good luck. Good luck. Especially with Case Keenum at quarterback there. No, no way that works. They'll have issues all over the place there. Uh, I can't believe that's what they'll do. Uh, Sanders will be ready. Uh, I mean, I guess you can have the definition of ready. He'll be able to play. I don't know if he'll ever be the same player. I mean, you're coming off an Achilles tear. And at his age, was he 31? Uh, that's going to be tough to uh, to be anywhere near the same player you are. Yeah, it's just uh, it's, so it's, much it's better a terrible with injury. These repairs. 
<laughs> not so much Achilles. You know, ACLs, yeah. yes, they're good with those. Achilles to come back, especially first year, that's not going to be easy. His market's going to be depressed as I far as the contract's concerned here. Nope. Mm-hmm. There's apparently there's a doctor on line one for anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think the Broncos passing game is going to have some issues here. Uh, they don't have a tight end. This team is, man, they're lucky they get with Lindsey that he ended up being mm. the dynamic player he was. Because uh, if not, that's this team being a lot of have, – have some issues here. They're another team that may have missed on Freeman, who, granted, they didn't give him a shot. He, I think Freeman's the type of running back that needs 20 carries because he'll wear down defense in the second half. That's where he'll get his yardage. And with Lindsey, mm. he was never going to be allowed to do that because Lindsey was just too good. So I think this offense is uh, – how about a work in progress, to put it nicely? Yeah. Are you writing off uh, Freeman there, George? I'm not writing him off. It's not like Jones with Tampa Bay. He, I'm pretty mm-hmm. close to writing him off. I just think Freeman is the type of running back, and all, sort of an old-school running back from when we were growing up, a guy who needs those carries because he'll, mm-hmm. he'll wear on a defense in the second half. They won't want to hit him anymore. They're going to feel those hits, and that's where he gets his chunk yardage. You know, mm-hmm. when he gets you know, at carries 12, 13, 14, 15, he's not going to get that with Lindsey. Lindsey's proven to be too, too much of a dynamic uh, player. He's going to get the more and more carries because he can take it to the house on any play. So I think that's the problem with Freeman. I think he can make it in the NFL, but I think right now he's on the wrong team. Mm-hmm. Lindsey went in the uh, third round, ninth pick of the third round in our 12-person uh, mock. Think it's fair? Uh, oh, listen, I, I think mocks. I think mocks at this uh, stage are idiotic. We don't know where the <laughs> players are going to end up. We're, we're all just like guessing right a, now. Yeah, you calling us idiots, man? Come on. No, you I think the, Frank the mock is an idiot because he put it together. No, I'm I think it's fun. I, I would do that. them. And where is my invite, by the way? I, I have certainly done it, but we're all guessing right now. This free agency hasn't even hit. We don't know where Le'Veon Bell's going to end up. He went number two in the mock. Yeah, what was that I person know, drinking? Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that later. we we got to talk uh, the mock. We'll talk uh, breaking down head coaching changes, the games from this weekend. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update today. Joe Galita, Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz, George Kurtz, <laughs> the producer extraordinaire, the Prince, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Angle bringing us back with a little uh, Jimi Hendrix cover. You know, Jimi Hendrix opened up for the monkeys, right? Little known fact. Yep. I did know that, actually. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, how crazy is that, huh? 
Somebody I'm a believer. Plays like he does opening up for guys who didn't <laughs> even play instruments at the time. Right. <laughs> yeah, at the time, right. You're right. Hey, uh, hey at the game, uh, just got a gut feeling? No problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So we got games this week. We got a, a game today. Uh, I believe it's a 435 start. Colts at Chiefs. We have the Chiefs as a... Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Chiefs uh, home favorite, uh, five-point favorite, uh, 57 point uh, over under in this game. Uh, George, you with us? I hope so. <laughs> oh, okay. feel, feel around. Are you there? Okay. Uh, give me, like, uh, I guess one of the biggest uh, uh, storylines for you with this game. You know, Schefter tweeted out uh, a couple of hours ago. This is I, I knew it'd been a, uh, it has been fun, playoff games in Kansas City. But do you realize mm-hmm. the Colts have as many playoff wins at yeah. Arrowhead Stadium as the Chiefs <laughs> do all time? All time! I that they have six home playoff, uh, six straight home playoff losses since 94. Yeah, I knew that too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I knew yeah, all yeah. time, I didn't know, I didn't the Colts have as many yeah, playoff yeah. wins there. That's a great stat. Wow. That's a great stat. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. an awesome stat. All right, so even better along those same lines, the last time the Chiefs won a home playoff game was 25 years ago when Joe Montana led them to victory in the 1993 wildcard round. Wow, wow. Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill weren't even born yet. <laughs> That's from the same tweet, if anybody's wondering, from Adam yeah, Schefter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had it on my papers, too, because I love that yeah, first yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's wild, but it also shows you the problems they've had at home. And I think, once again, Andy Reid's part of that. He's had issues uh, winning games. I think uh, they might play a little tight tonight. Uh, today, it's, the weather's not going to be well at all. Now, doing the shows, I haven't had time to check yet. I know as yeah. of when I went to bed last night, it was about one or two. Uh, there was something mm-hmm. four to six inches of snow, and they have a winter storm warding up until seven o'clock local, uh, 6 o'clock local time. Really? 7 o'clock Eastern time. No. Yeah, but awesome. that, it, no. They're only calling for four to six no. I'm going to try and get through a paragraph without being interrupted by Jim. <laughs> well, I'm trying, trying to give you an update, but go ahead. <laughs> That's not what they're saying now. They say mo- now most of the snow has already fallen. They might have light flurries for during the game. Uh, and, and you said if you would have wins. let me continue, you would have heard me say this. <laughs> But that's okay. Because I said the same thing on the night on the early show. Uh, yeah, most of the snow, need to... by... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, it's hard when we can't see each eight. other. <laughs> Can I go now? Go ahead, George. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. By calling for only four to six inches, this was from, it was snowing. <laughs> and this was from last night at 2 a.m. Uh, obviously, the snow is going to be falling. Uh, most of the snow, heavy snowfall will be falling before game time there. I think they'll be playing in some flurries. I think the, the field's going to be – it's still covered now. They're going to have to uncover it probably the next couple of hours. So it's mm-hmm. going to be somewhat moist. It could affect guys like Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, speed guys with the, uh, depend on cutting. But generally – a uh, poor field is the ben- uh, benefit to the offense, mainly because the players know where they're going. 
Well, defensive mm-hmm. players are sort of guessing. So uh, assuming the wind is not all that bad and visibility is good, which I expect it to be. I don't think the snowfall is going to hurt all that much. I don't think it affects it all that much. I'm not so worried about the players on the field, but uh, you do worry about slippery ball, ball coming out, ball control, that sort of thing. Uh, Andrew Luck, his history as far as bad weather, it's good, but it's also very small sample size. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm taking anything of that. Patrick Mahomes, it's Kansas City. Uh, a lot of his games will be played in poor weather, especially in the second half of the season. So I mm-hmm. think this makes it more interesting. It probably plays more towards the, in favor of the Colts, as they have a defense. Kansas City really doesn't. The run game should be about even. Uh, I do like Marlon Mack here. I think it's going to be a closer game than people anticipate, and I don't think it's mm-hmm. quite going to be as high scoring, uh, where it's going to be 37-30, as people uh, mm-hmm. believe either. Mm-hmm. Well, you said they're going to. You, you think they're going to come out tight, and uh, it's a great quote that you had to st- to start off uh, your your piece on the on the Chiefs and the Colts game. Uh, it, it, another interesting thing that I learned: that Andy Reid coached teams twenty-one and four after bye weeks. Now, you know, you could call what what he had an off week last week as a, I guess a semi bye, but at the same time, he really wasn't one hundred percent sure who he, they were going to be playing. Right? The uh, the you know he didn't know it was going to be the Colts. Until you know that game took good place. Good point. Good point. Uh, yeah, yeah. So George, uh, not George. I'm sorry, Jim. Uh, by the way, next week uh, we got to get either uh, Ginger Z or uh, Amy Friesen here for the weather stuff because you guys are just talking over each other and you, you know it's got to stop. <laughs> and Amy Fries is uh, attractive, so is Ginger Z. They're, they're definitely both more attractive than you. But anyway, so Jim, one what's of us your? Will get to see them. <laughs> Jim, uh, do you have like a, a major? Something that uh, regarding this game, like a major storyline that that you're looking at. Well, look, you know, it, it's just that I think the Colts are a better all-around team. Uh, I think they, you know, they their offensive line has improved tremendously this year. Their defense is playing well. The offense is playing well. Marlon Mack is running well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. I definitely like uh, the Colts with the points in this one. The, the Colts lead this series for uh, nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And the last time they played was a wild card round in 2014, and Colts beat them 45-44. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if we get that high, but I do think we get pretty close to that. So I'm I'm a little against George there. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think you know while there are some, you know Kansas City's better defense at home, and Colts have been a good defense. I don't think it matters. I think these these guys are going to be slinging the ball all over that field. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I, I was watching one of the most successful plays that the Colts have had all year. Uh, I, I was watching Greg Cosell, who I love to watch. I mean, man, man breaks down film like nobody else because he just makes it so easy to understand. You know exactly what he's talking about when he does it. He does a great job. But one of the things he was breaking down this week is the – how successful the Colts have been on first down with what they call shot plays. You know, they, mm-hmm. they set it up to look like a run on that first down, you know, six, usually six offensive linemen, sometimes two tight ends, you know, any, everything that makes it look like it's going to be a run play. And then they go into the play action pass and they try to hit these big plays and they've been very successful on it. Uh, so it'd mm-hmm. be interesting to see if that comes into play again today. Hmm. Uh, that's a very good analysis on your part. Uh, and, Wasn't and mine. Going it was back... Greg Cosell's. <laughs> uh, well, I'll take, I'll take credit okay. for mine, but you know, yeah, it was yeah. definitely his. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like in the middle. I don't think that the 57 is going to be hard to hit. I'm kind of with George. I think that maybe the Chiefs uh, come out a little tight. I'm interested to see uh, how Patrick Mahomes uh, starts to play, especially after we saw, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, how he came out a little uh, tense and and whatnot. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, we forget, just is his first full year of uh, playing football. So, uh, and yeah, he... 50 touchdown passes, over 5,000 passing yards. We know all the stats and everything, but uh, it'd be interesting to see that. I take uh, – go ahead. No, you have something? I just want to say, but but he's played big in all the big games they've had already this season, yeah. including that Monday yeah. night game. He came yeah. out play. Look, I get Classic. it. You know, all the numbers don't point to rookie you know, or even young quarterbacks playing in their first playoffs. All the numbers are against that. But I'm mm-hmm. just not sure any of those numbers pertain to Pat Mahomes. He, he mm-hmm. just played – he's – already playing at a different level. Uh, he just makes things happen. He's not afraid to move around. I just, man, mm-hmm. I, no, I, I, don't he's know. A, I don't know if any yeah. of that stuff comes into play with him. Yeah. Uh, you know what else? I, I was looking at his stats, which I was surprised. Uh, he he's Actually, his numbers are, are better on the road. He has 31 touchdowns on the road and 19 at home, uh, even on interceptions. So that's that's kind of... That surprised me a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. I think both of you took uh, the points with the Colts. I'm with you on that. Uh, I think the Chiefs could still win, but I think the Colts make it very close. Might even win. But And I take the, the under in the points. But uh, just hoping for a very entertaining game and uh, hoping for, you know, maybe some slow flurries as, as, the, as the game played. It would be nice to see. Uh, so I'll actually get to see uh, a majority of this game before I have to go pick up my freaking son at the airport. But... Uh, there we go. Why don't we, uh, before we go back to some of the head coaching news, um, why don't we take a look at that uh, mock that we did, at least maybe the first round real quick uh, in the remaining time of this segment, because uh, George alluded to it. And uh, it involved uh, 12 of us from the FNTSY Rotor Experts, uh, and uh, I had the first pick overall, and uh, I took uh, Saquon Barkley. And I heard you guys uh, talking about it earlier this week, uh, Jim. You were talking with uh, Frank and and uh, and Greg, and and uh, you guys weren't totally against it, but I think you kind of disagreed. Uh, you probably thought that maybe Todd Gurley should have been number one. No, no, I actually don't. Oh, okay. I think you can okay. make a case for for any of the top four or five guys really to be number yeah. one. Just look, I, there's nothing you could take away from Barkley and the season mm-hmm. he had. There's nothing you could take away from Gurley. The fact that Dallas really started to throw in, throwing to Ezekiel takes him to that yeah, level easily. Yes, yes, um, yes. And I wouldn't be surprised people take him number one. I, I know I have thoughts that way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, finally, they're throwing the ball to him. Idiots, how long? How come it took you so freaking mm-hmm. long to figure that out? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then, you, of course, you got McCaffrey and Kamara that probably mm-hmm. slide in there, too. You know, to me, these are the top five. Now, you know, Kamara, I might not put it number one. Christian McCaffrey, they're already talking about maybe pulling back from the numbers he had this year of, of mm-hmm. touches. Maybe they pull that back a little bit. I don't think it affects him a ton. I th- still think he'll be right up there. But, you know, for between Gurley, Barkley, and Elliott, I can make a case for e- any one of those three to be number one next year. Yeah. I mean, if I had the number one pick in 10 drafts, I, I might go Barkley maybe – you know, either five or six times, and then the rest would be Gurley. My concern with Gurley is that, uh, you know, he's a, a little a little bit older than, than Barkley. You know, this year he had that uh, knee inflammation. It was the same knee that he had surgery on back when he was in college. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like – it was almost like a, a, maybe a, a usage kind of injury, right? There was no real – 
you know, it's not like there was a specific play, at least to my knowledge, where he really uh, banged it up. It was just kind of odd. So you worry about that. You know, that's the first signs of, of uh, you know, him maybe taking a slight step back. But look, the guy had 21 touchdowns this year, yeah. you know, combined. <laughs> so, I mean, what kind and, of... A- and he's been the most dominant for two years in a row now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, no, believe me, I hear what you're saying. Hey, George, so you, you commented on Le'Veon Bell going number two overall uh, to Dane Martinez. Uh, I uh, take it that you disagree with that. I'd like to find somebody who agrees with it. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, what, are you, what, what are we doing here? I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't okay? have a problem going in the – No, go ahead. I don't have a problem with him going in the first round. All right, mm-hmm. but probably more towards 10, 12. Uh, I mean, once again, yeah. you're guessing here. Where does he end up? I think Jim and right. I, we discussed this on the Sunday night show a couple of weeks ago. No one really knows. We're all guessing. What if it's yes. Oakland? You know, I mean, you really want him second overall if it's Oakland? If it's Indianapolis, mm. okay. I don't have any issues with this. But if, you're, you're just guessing here. So if, yeah. I'm, if I'm playing a big money league and I'm taking this, this mock seriously, I'm, there's no way I'm taking Bell second. None. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a problem with you taking Barkley at one. I wouldn't. I would take mm-hmm. Gurley. But I have Barkley at two, mm-hmm. so I, I don't care. It's not something right, I'm right. fighting over. But mm-hmm. Bell at two, I mean, I, I, I didn't hear the, what Dane was thinking here. Uh, Dane is spitting statistician, uh, mm-hmm. and Bell is too, but I, I can't think of a justification here. What do you take him hoping he ends up with a good team? Like I said, what right, if it's Oakland? Right. What if it's the Jets? Mm-hmm. You know, teams that are going to have they're going to struggle somewhat. He's certainly not worth the number two overall pick. Uh, if, it was, mm-hmm. if he was still going to be in Pittsburgh, absolutely. But we know that's not happening. Uh, my question in the first round really doesn't probably start until maybe pick seven, the back-to-back Steelers, Connor and Schuster. But even then, mm-hmm. I'm not all that upset about. But Le'Veon Bell is just a. Uh, like I said, I would really like to hear Dane's explanation of why he did this. Well, I, I'll tell you why he did this. I didn't hear his explanation, but my, my guess is that he did this so we all stand here talking about his pick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It could be. Could be. Uh, yeah. I Doing mean, the old and, Jeff Vance thing. I get it. <laughs> and you, you know, know what? You it, could it's argue just for a mock. His... He wants to get people talking about it. And, that, you know, right, hey, right. I get the point there. Mm-hmm. And I, get I could the point too, but if you're doing a mock and you want people to take it seriously, you you need to take it seriously too. You want yeah. people to follow I, it. And I get it, take George. Advice, but people I mean, do this stuff. Look, look, look. We'll get to it in a minute. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll say the same thing about what I said about Dane about Davis Maddox picks. Mm-hmm. You know, with Juju was the first wide receiver off the board, and then coming back with the 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 college kid Damian Harris number in the second round is his number one running back. I mean, he he wants people to be talking about these picks, and that's why they made them. <laughs> Right, yeah, uh, and and to your point uh, about Zeke, the fact that he's uh, getting it's like seventy-seven catches this this uh, year. I mean, you could argue for him. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would take him number one overall, but I mean, if someone I did, I wouldn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not it's, it's, you know, not a terrible, terrible pick. And George, what do you think about Zeke, number one overall? No I hints of injuries it, ever. Is- yeah. I wouldn't do it, but as Jim said, I, I, I'm not arguing with anybody who does it. I mean, listen, right. ba- you want Barkley, Gurley, or Zeke. You really do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be in fine mm-hmm. shape here. Uh, theoretically, the Dallas offensive line should be better next season. Travis Frederick will return from his uh, autoimmune disease, so that will make mm-hmm. the line better. Uh, as, uh, you, you guys have pointed out, both of these, that Dallas is throwing the ball more to Zeke. Listen, why it took them so long? Yeah, we all know why. The coaching staff has issues. All right, so uh, you know they don't take they don't take advantage. That I know it's been nice, but uh, I don't want to. That's get like saying I'm heavyweight. 
<laughs> I, I, don't, I just don't want to get into it and how angry I am with the Cowboy coaching staff. But uh, thank God. looks like no one's going to hire Chris Richard. Thank God. I'll take that and run. Uh, so you, you want one of Ezekiel, Barkley, or Gurley. I really don't have a problem with whichever one you take, but I would have Ezekiel third of those lists. My first, my top three are Gurley, Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jim, who's your uh, like number one wide receiver this year? Is it uh, Mike Thomas? Is it Julio Jones? I take it that you, you know. I mean, I love Juju, and if Davis wanted Juju, he there's a chance that he might not have been there uh, for him at you know on the, on the back turn. But I don't know. There's a chance. I, you know, I'm not yeah. going to say there isn't. At this point, yeah. he's absolutely guaranteed, you know, betting on Brown not being back. And I get all that. Yeah. But for me, I think Devontae Adams has got to be the number one. He, he was just so damn consistent. Consistent. Yeah. Every single game, you just mm-hmm. put him in, set it, forget it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just like that uh, Ronco rotisserie. We'll be back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update today. Combination of Fantasy Sports today. Weekend Fantasy Update. Special NFL edition. Focusing on Week 19 in the NFL. Divisional round playoffs. As well as all the uh, news and notes from the the week in the NFL. Uh, Lots of head coaching changes we've been going through. And uh, I also want to share with you uh, some of our uh, DFS uh, lineups uh, uh, this week as well. I I think uh, Jim Day has one uh, ready. I don't know, Jim, do you have one uh, with uh, Saturday slate only? Sure, DraftKings, Saturday slate. I I got Mm -hmm. one for every slate. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm ready. I I put in quite a few this weekend. Uh, But Mm -hmm. here's one for... Saturday slate, cash game slate. Um, I put in Mahomes at 6.9, uh, mm-hmm. 6,900. Uh, Damian Williams, who, like I said earlier, one of my favorite plays of the week. If he goes down this week, probably going to pull my entire DFS lineup down, but I don't care because mm-hmm. I love this kid, and I think he's going to mm-hmm. have a great game. But I got him at 4,900. I, I took uh, Naheem Hines at 3,300. I know everybody's mm-hmm. going to be off him after the zero-touch game last week. Hey, that was total game script. They didn't need him. Yeah. I think they need him today. Um, I got Brandon Cooks at, at 5,200. Uh, Tyreek Hill at 7,300. T.Y. Hilton at 6,700. I love that wide receiver trio. Um, I mm-hmm. got Travis Kelsey at 6,800. Robert Woods mm-hmm. in my flex at 5,600. And then the Rams defense at $3,000. Mm, nice, nice. Yeah, I kind of like that. It, you know, again, it's going to hinge on Williams and Hines doing anything. But, I, again, I, I don't see any problem with Williams. I, I can't see them shutting him down. Even if they shut him down with the run, he'll be involved in the passing game. So I think he, he's a great play either way. 
Yeah, uh, I have a Saturday slate as well. Very similar to yours, but different. Now, I have uh, Patrick Mahomes in there. Uh, my two running backs are your buddy and lover, Damian Williams. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is my other running back. Uh, wide receivers, uh, I went with Tyreek Hill. And then I uh, had to go cheapy. So I, I put Michael Gallup in there and uh, and uh, Rodgers from uh, the uh, Colts. Uh, I have Travis Kelsey as my tight end. Uh, Eric Ebron at the flex. And uh, Chiefs as my defense. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, hey, George, what are we thinking about Michael Gallup today? Well, I mean, I know we had the touchdown last week against Seattle, but him and Dak, they have the chemistry is not there. Uh, When Mm -hmm. I pointed out earlier in the show about Dak's inability with the deep ball, for most Mm -hmm. of the season, that was the Gallup. I mean, Gallup would be mm-hmm. running wide open. And, I mean, I'm not talking NFL wide open, which is really a stride or two. I'm talking wide open in street football where there's no one else in the picture. Yet, mm-hmm. Dak can't hit him. Uh, last right. week, uh, they, they ran the same play back-to-back. The first play, Dak threw a terrible pass. wasn't even close. Second play was a perfect pass. So you just don't know what you're going to get. So that's the issue right. there. Dallas is beat up at wide receiver today. Uh, actually, they beat up in the receiver core. We all saw the Hearns uh, injury last week. That was maybe the worst injury I've mm. ever seen, especially in high-depth uh, you know, oh HD yeah. where you can see it. You just see the leg snap. I mean, my mm-hmm. God, that was, that was ugly. So he's gone. Yes. Uh, Beasley's the, the, he has, Beasley and Blake Jarwin, the tight end, they haven't practiced all week. All right, So they're iffy to play tonight. I think they'll both give it a mm-hmm. shot, but they're iffy. So the Dallas passing game may come down to Cooper, really, and Gallup here. And it may come mm-hmm. down to a lot of Gallup because Cooper's going to get a lot of attention from the Rams' defense there. So theoretically, you would think Gallup would have some good matchups, but I don't think they're going to look to get him the ball, not on any kind of consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Now, can, can I make a thought here? I mean, not. I, I get what you're trying to do with Gallup for all the reasons George just said. He, he might be the only one left standing on the field. But like he also said, they really haven't seemed to have any really good chemistry together. I, I, if I were you, I might try to pivot off him to Josh Reynolds. He's a guy I like probably at that mm-hmm. same price range. I know he's in, in the same price range on FanDuel. Uh, Gallup mm-hmm. is, what, 5,700, I think. Reynolds is fifty, either fifty six or fifty five hundred. I'm not sure. I forget off the top of my head. But I might pivot to him just for the fact of, you know, these Dallas have good outside corners. They're going to put pressure on both Cooks and and Woods to really produce. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if Reynolds is that guy who slides in. I'm not saying he's going to go out and catch seven eight balls, but you know mm-hmm, we could mm-hmm. see four for sixty five and a touchdown out of him. Uh, definitely outpay outplay his his number. I think I mm-hmm. personally, I just think he has a better chance at Gallup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gallup 4,000 on DraftKings, and uh, Reynolds is 4,400. I could afford him. Actually, I, I th- when I was playing around with this lineup, uh, I was thinking about putting Reynolds in there. Yeah. I, I just, agree with Jim, I by the way. If you, if you have a choice yeah, on those chance. two, I'm taking Reynolds. Say, say again, uh, George. I said, I agree with Jim. If I have a choice between the two of them, I'm taking Reynolds. I don't mm-hmm. even think that's all that close right. to me. I would take, uh, mm-hmm. I'll spend the extra, five, Reynolds is $4,500. i will spend the extra $500 yes. to right. go with Reynolds. Right. Okay. See, right. I, so, and that's, uh, that's the crazy thing when you're talking DFS is, is the different price ranges on both, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel are sometimes mm-hmm. a, a little outrageous to me. Like you said, $500 more on DraftKings. Meanwhile, on FanDuel, he's $100 less. Hmm. Well, there's even uh, price differences if you're playing just a Saturday-only slate or the slate that has all four games. 
they're priced differently, of course. But oh, really? Uh, I did, I, okay, yeah, I'll yeah. be honest. I did not notice yeah. that at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that oh, makes sense. Look at that. The players off. Yeah, right. right. It does make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah. See, we're here. We're here for you, uh, Jim. Hey, this and is my uh, first year playing full-time DFS, so I'll take it. I'm still mm-hmm. learning. I'm definitely yeah, no, no, uh, no expert on it whatsoever. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm still learning like you know, I should be. And by next year, I'll be the expert. Next, this year, I'm not. <laughs> and using the optimizer definitely has helped. I tell you, it's it's uh, oh, I love that pumped my game up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love tweaking with it and playing with it and setting up groups and you know changing exposure and you know I, I oh, man, I sit here and tweak this thing forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you might think I'm crazy putting the uh, uh, the Chiefs defense in there. They were only two thousand, and there is a big difference. Uh, you know, at home. Uh, they give up, uh, the Chiefs do give up only 18 points per game at Arrowhead on the road, uh, 34 points per game on the road. So uh, that's, that was my thinking, and it would allow me to, to put some guys in there. But let's go back to another coach hire, and then we'll go, uh, yeah, we'll bounce back and forth. Remember, next hour, uh, I think the after the second break, we got uh, Camp Stewart coming in. He's going to help us break down uh, the weekend's games in more detail and uh, talk about uh, the betting lines and. Yay. Some prop bets as well. Yeah, some good stuff. The raging Coming redhead. Up. There you go. Uh, Going to bring a lot of energy to our show, I'm sure. Uh, so uh, another. <laughs> and he does speak Taz, so you and him can have a little conversation. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it. Uh, so uh, Adam Gates has been a polarizing uh, hiring choice for the Jets, hasn't it? Or maybe it's just because uh, we live in the New York area and uh, here are all these Jet fans who are very sad about this hire. Adam Gates, uh, the former head coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, George, what do you think about this uh, th- this hire of the Jets of Adam Gates? Hey, he got uh, a recommendation from Peyton Manning. Said he's a good coach. <laughs> uh, I think he is a good coach. I just think it's a tough sell in New York because mm-hmm. you're a failed coach within a division. So, you know, the fans, have, fans who are just maybe not all that knowledgeable, they've already seen him twice for a couple of years, you know, and they they've think, seen oh, him yeah, the, Jets the team has been. <laughs> yeah, he has beaten the Jets. Uh, every, everybody beats the Jets. Uh, so I think that's. So I just I just think it's it's the tough uh, tough sell point. And you hired you hired mm-hmm. a failed coach from the Dolphins, really? Right. That's what we're mm-hmm. doing. I can see the fans going with that direction. I do wonder also is he another one of these coaches that we've discussed throughout the show that's a better coordinator than a head coach? You know, not all these guys are meant to be head coaches. You know, right. you think of uh, you know, Wade Phillips, much better defensive coordinator than he ever was a head coach. North Turner, same thing, better offensive coordinator than ever a head coach. And I wonder if Gase is going to be in that same category Josh that he's McDaniel. not meant to be a head coach. <laughs> Josh McDaniel, well, he doesn't want to be a head coach. It's weird, all right? He keeps turning down jobs. I guess uh, he's I'm pretty sure he's, he's waiting for Belichick to be done. Yes, he wants. Yeah, to he's going to promise well. that job. Yeah, yeah. And I, listen, I, and I don't blame him there, by the way. If you're making good money, I, I don't know what his salary. But I'm sure he's making very good money to be the uh, OC, and you promised the, uh, the job you don't have to uproot your family. I don't blame him. I just didn't like what he did uh, with the Colts last year. But then again, yeah. seemed to have worked out for the Colts. So I guess they're not mm-hmm. complaining any either. As back to the Jets, I think it's a hard sell to the fans about Gase. I was surprised they went in this uh, direction. I think Gase is a good coach. It's not sure he's a head coach. That being said... The Jets have a truckload of cap space. This is going to be a different team. All right, mm-hmm. they have right now uh, 98 million, and there'll yeah. be more than that coming, I'm sure. So they can really mm-hmm. do whatever they want. They want Le'Veon Bell, they can go out and get him. Yeah, you know, they want to upgrade the defense, get a pass rusher in there, go out and get him. 
You know, uh, I know people said maybe Demarcus Lawrence to the Jets. There's no way the Cowboys let him go. He'll be the franchise assigned to a long-term deal. He's not going anywhere. But they can get, I mean, you're talking two, three, four top-level people here. So the Jets could be a completely Mm -hmm. different team next season, assuming Sam Donald is the man there, that he's going to be that franchise quarterback. And I think for a team like the Jets or several other teams, we can go on and on here, that have these young quarterbacks, you either have to have a top-notch offensive coordinator or a coach, head coach, who is a quarterback guy. Because that's all, you need to develop this guy. I think Donald, once again, I'm not predicting Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady-like greatness, but I do think he can be a franchise guy, a guy you can rely mm-hmm. on year after year. How far up he goes in that direction, well, that remains to be seen. But they need to get some players around him. Offensive line, probably another wide receiver. I'm sure we'll hear about Antonio Brown to the Jets. Uh, we'll hear mm. a lot about that. That wouldn't shock me. They can take the cap. They can take this contract. They have some picks they can give. So I think it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do this offseason with all this cap space and the new coach and wanting to build around Sam Donald. Yeah, uh, I guess also part of the fact, too, with the Jet fans, uh, I guess they look at uh, Gase as a bit of a failure with the Dolphins, but they also uh, had heard that Super Bowl winning coach uh, Mike McCarthy was very interested in the Jets job. It was the only job he was really interested in. So they're like, what, we could have had a guy that's won a Super Bowl or a guy that, you know, uh, coached the Dolphins to an overall losing record, you know, uh, so I guess that kind of, you know. You know, the, them fun, off as well. the fun part for me is, uh, you know, they made Gaze the head coach, but they're they're talks in talks with Greg Williams to make him the defensive coordinator. Now, mm-hmm. I, I mean, talk about two coaches made for New York coaching. These two guys are brash guys. They're not afraid to say what's on their mind. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not afraid to yell at reporters and stuff like that, and you know, just put it out there, all out there. I mean, that's the kind of thing, attitude you need to be a coach in New York. You you need to be able to, you know, stand your ground and take whatever they're throwing at you, whether it be good or bad. In this case, more than likely bad, at least to start. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like George said, I mean, their cap room is outrageous. I mean, they could literally walk away with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown uh, and, mm-hmm. and still be under the cap. Imagine. Uh, so, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, they could turn that <laughs> offense around in a couple of swoops uh so mm-hmm. you know they got a lot of room to play with it'd be interesting to see you know everybody calls about oh, the quarterback whisper yeah you know it, it sounded to me i haven't seen a quarterback that he's really whispered to anything great yet i mean uh cutler <laughs> Tannehill. He, he, i mean talk, he's still riding how to play <laughs> yeah he's riding on you know a thir- you know 35 or whatever however old manning was when he threw 55 touchdowns he's still riding mm-hmm. on the coattails of that one season um, right. You know, and it, it's it it will be interesting in New York. I know Frank Stample, who's a diehard Jets fan, is is livid about he was, this. He, yeah, he wanted he McCarthy happy. big yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll see how it works out for him. But he, he was on a rant the other day. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. And I feel his pain. I mean, you know, uh, the Jets thought that they had something going with Mark Sanchez a few years ago. So I think that uh, Donald is. Yeah, we, it's too early to say if he's the answer, but uh, I think we've seen some good uh, signs from him, some good development as the season wore on. I don't know. But uh, I guess it remains to be seen. But uh, hey, why don't we uh, take take a quick look, uh, move away from the head coaches again, and uh, take a look at t- the uh, game tonight uh, where the Dallas Cowboys visit the L.A. Rams. They're seven-and-a-half-point underdog. George, what's the, the, the main... Uh, uh, thing that sticks out to you out of this game? Well, for both teams, it's the same. Can either one stop the other team's running game? 
know, mm-hmm. if you can make these teams one-dimensional, you're going to have a hell of a lot more success. Not worried about Gurley's health. You know, I think he's fine. He's had to call, what, three mm-hmm. weeks off now. He'll maybe move in three weeks. He'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not afraid to start him in DFS, by the way, as far as health is concerned here. But you uh, mm-hmm. can either team stop or keep in check. Not stop, but just keep in check the other team's running game here. Rams have had one of the worst run defenses all season long. But yes, you know that game plan has to be like, like it should be for any team playing the Cowboys. If you keep Elliott in check and force them to become a passing team, eh, it's going to be very difficult for the Cowboys to win the game. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. it just is. Uh, Dallas is a better passing team than they were earlier this season. You know, since Cooper's come on board, it, they are. But they're not a team that could win pass alone. They're not. They could last week if the, the Seahawks could have done it because Seahawks don't have the offense. Rams do have an offense. You know, they will threaten mm-hmm. the Cowboys. For the Cowboys, you, know, you need to keep Gurley in check. And you need to do pretty much what DeMarcus Lawrence is telling you. You know, and that is getting Goff's face because the last four, three, four games, he was starting to feel the rush, starting to see the rush. A little bit of a deer in the mm-hmm. headlights look there. And if you can do them again, hit him in the mouth, you'll make him see that rush. Dallas could have some success if he's, a, you know, if he's stepping over, he's throwing over his back foot. If he's not really looking uh, for his second read there, looking at his first read, it's covered, throwing the ball away, or doesn't want to get hit. I think that's the key to the game for the Cowboys, that getting Goff's face, obviously stop Gurley. Much easier said than done. You know, it's not like the Rams don't know this or the Cowboys don't know this. But um, first mm-hmm. and foremost, both teams are going to be looking to stop that run, make the other team more one-dimensional, more easy to figure out here. Uh, I think it'll be harder for the Cowboys than it will be for the Rams because the Rams have a passing game. You know, Jim's already mentioned it. You got you, know, you got Robert Woods. You got Josh Reynolds, who I do love this week as well. You know, they have three. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cook's going deep. And we saw last week Russell Wilson was throwing beautiful deep passes. I mean, beautiful mm-hmm. and hitting them. Granted, they were perfect passes, but the Rams are going to take their shots as well. And they'll have Brandon Cooks seeing if he can run by Jeff Heath as the safety for the Cowboys in the secondary. They'll take their shots as well. Jim, do you have well, a key to me, this game? Yeah. Yeah, it really, it, for me, it comes down to which Dak Prescott do we see. Do we see the clutch Dak Prescott we saw last week where he's making big play after big play when they need him to? Or is he, you know, putting the ball on the ground, you know, fumbling or making stupid throws or, you know, getting lost in the pressure? The good thing about them, you know, he's third best among quarterbacks uh, at his passer rating under pressure, 87.1, third best in the league. So, you know, when they rattle him and he gets to moving around, he does pretty well that way. So it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. how it plays. I like the I like the Cowboys getting the points. I think that's too many points. They're playing too good. It should be an interesting game. Yeah, it definitely should be an interesting game. Watch out for Godzilla, though. I want to come back. <laughs> Continue breaking down week 19 NFL division playoffs. Take look at some more coaching hires. Weekend fantasy sports update today. <laughs> awesome.